All right, friends, thank you for making it back again for another episode of You Good Sis. I'm Alexia Marie, your host. And this week, we had a good sis call in and chat with us. In just a few seconds, you'll also hear the voice of one Miss Sandra Okoboyejo, a Nigerian-American artist who most recently has worked on Hamilton, has worked on television on the TV show Tommy, was working on the off-Broadway production Nollywood Dreams right before everything shut down because nobody has sense over here and there's a pandemic, but... When the world keeps going again, that's something she'll be getting back to for now. She's getting back to us with a little bit of her perspective, her thoughts, her feelings. And we'll hear a little bit more about that after this quick ad. And now, if technology is our friend, we have (laughs) Anjar Okapoyejo on the call. Hey, sis, how are you? Hey, sis, I'm good. You know, you good? Good? Okay, good. Good. (laughs) How are you doing? That's the first thing we have to cover. I am. Right. I am. I am. I am. What's that? What's that gospel song? I am what I am by the blood of the lamb. And that's all I got, honestly. I thought you were going to start uh, quoting I am what I am. Fame. I don't know. But you do know what my (laughs) answer normally is? I normally say I'm here like Seely. That honestly. I'm beautiful and I'm here. I'm beautiful. Got my chair. Period. Got my house. (laughs) Wow. That's actually exactly where we all are. Just counting the the tiny blessings. That's what we got to do. Yep. (laughs) exactly exactly how about you You yeah i'm good i saw this quote actually the other day um they were talking about measuring days by product no by presence (laughs) over productivity Mm -hmm. and i think that really helped shape my perspective and just switch it because i think i I start to not feel great when i think about um just getting things done you know but the expectation to get things done during this time is just outrageous um and so the more present I am, I think the better day I have because I'm just here, like right now. <laughs> Welcome. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for glad having me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll do, I did, I told everyone who you are from my perspective at the top oh. of the episode. And before we get into who all going to be there, we'll do the extensive, this is Sandra <laughs> uh, bio. But before we do all of that in full introduction, we're just briefly going to run through the current event for this week was a little ain't that um um ain't that um honestly I think one of the biggest events in the American calendar year is the Super Bowl and that's the thing Mm -hmm. that happened between last episode and this one it happened yeah it happened uh it didn't quite happen to me but it was on the television in the house (laughs) You saw like you can at all? Did you get to pay any attention to the game? You know what? I paid attention to the kitchen. Okay. Um, I made some good food with my brother. I've never really been a big Super Bowl watcher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just has never really been my thing. If it's on, I'll watch it. You know, yeah. if it's in passing, but I've never really had a team that I like rooted for, other than the Yankees, just because I loved New York. I don't, yeah. you know, <laughs> I've never really been a, a sports fanatic. Um, but seeing the commentary, you know, everyone calling Tom Brady the GOAT, that was very interesting. It was highly unnecessary. And unnecessary. I'll say inaccurate, but. Agreed. No, I agree. And, you know, like like I've said to you before, uh, my thing is I thought, had we not agreed as a collective to not talk about him, just let him do his job and be good at that and let it be unfortunate that people care about paying him a lot of money for this job. But other mm-hmm. than that why can't that be the end of the conversation right um I saw this tweet where they were like uh meanwhile Serena won the Australian Open five months pregnant so Serena's done everything animal for this but good ain't it yeah I don't I don't think that's it um I also saw a tweet that was kind of comparing the two which I don't know why there's a need for comparison because we know Serena's already (laughs) Serena is actually the goat but just to think about all of her accomplishments and she accomplished them at such a young age. I also saw another video today. I don't know if you saw this, but um, 
for older Venus. Well, the second one, yeah, Venus. Yes, <laughs> they have that confidence that was instilled in them at such a young age. She was getting interviewed, and this man, he just seemed like such a menace. He had that look behind his eye where he kind of looked like he he wanted to tear her down. He he asked her, "You're so confident." She's like, "Yeah," and he said, "Why?" <laughs> And the dad stopped the interview. The dad was behind the scenes. He was like, what we're not going to do is ask my daughter why she's disconfident at that age. Let her have that youthful confidence. Because he said, he'd said to the moderator, when you and I are both in the grave, she'll still be playing. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just so beautiful to watch. First of all, <laughs> her reaction, she just started looking at her nails because she knew her dad was going to take over. <laughs> I was cracking up. Right. Yeah. You try, yeah, but that's beautiful, and I want to. I want to see more of that. Yeah, more, more, um, more of the black youth just being fearless and yeah. exuding confidence that can't be shaken, and that has to be, has to, has to be instilled by the older generations, like her, her yeah. father. Well, I think I'll, I'll dare say that's probably one of the, one of the more uh, beautiful, full flowered ink atoms we've had. <laughs> <laughs> because mine is not that video mine is uh Serena in the sorry music video with Beyonce because how are we going to talk goat if you've never been on stage or on set or in frame with Beyonce Beyonce knows all the goats Beyonce has the petting zoo in her backyard in her compound <laughs> like if you don't not in her backyard in her next to her honey she does with the honey that she's giving out to yeah. friends that I will one day procure. Um, <laughs> one day, one day soon. You, I'm, even, even outside of her athletic and, and philanthropic and yeah. like celebrity uh, accomplishments, she was in a Beyonce video. And I think that, her, tops, that tops anything Tom Brady could have done. Tom Brady can't twerk. <laughs> he can't. <laughs> Tom Brady cannot twerk. He can put on a MAGA hat. But yeah, so okay, I think I think I matched your ain't that done with with uh <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but it was beautiful balance. That's what it's all about. Right? That's what it's all about. Balance. balance. Come yes. on, scales, Libra. Yeah, so ain't that um <laughs> but for now we could we could move on to talking about something more awesome. um I'm not gonna say positive, more like luminous maybe mm, i love that word yes. because after ain't that um we normally go into our icu which is our black oh. so we're gonna take just the beat maybe give the audience a little bit of a music cue give mm -hmm. them a little break and then we'll go into icu perfect <laughs> cool <laughs> all right and We've already had a chance to hear a little bit of her voice, her speaking voice. I'm not gonna ask her to sing today. Um, and if you're watching the YouTube video, then you've had a chance to see her lovely, beautiful young face. But to go for, to dive fully into our guest segment, who are gonna be there? Today, we have Miss Sandra Okubuyeja, straight out of Brooklyn. Andrew. Out of Brooklyn, hey. Out of Brooklyn. <laughs> Welcome to Who I'm Gonna Be There. You here? Thank you. I'm here. <laughs> Girl, still like Sealy. Yes, still like Sealy. Let me tell you, that song works for everything. I'm it, here. It really does. Also, because it's four songs in one. Like that, mm -hmm. that that song has movements. Okay? Movements. It's like a book piece. Yeah. <laughs> it has movements. What a beautiful. Uh, I mean. Out of all the 11 o'clock numbers of a show, I feel like that one uh, encompasses the most. It really does. That's, that reprise yeah. is the is the novel. Yeah. The novel, the color purple, that, mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Purple, so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Welcome <laughs> gonna be here, us, and Celie, and Eddie, and- Yes, the whole fam. Right. Sure gave me, we, we're all here. <laughs> the chairs on the wall, <laughs> the set. <laughs> The chairs on the wall. So we've heard a few of your thoughts in general and you know a couple of descriptions of who you are and what you do. But mm -hmm. I know I believe our listeners would love to hear your version and your words mm -hmm. of who you are, what you do, and why you do it. Hmm. Hi, my name is Sandra Gwedro. I am a Nigerian American artist. Um, I would consider myself an artist over an actor because there are so many mediums I find myself interested in. Um, but mainly I'm just interested in life, like the way that it is expressed, the way that it's lived, the way it's detested, the way that people yearn for it. I think that life is so complex and 
the best way for me to explore those complexities and share it is through art. So that's kind of why I do it. I just have a lot of love in my heart, a lot of empathy and uh, storytelling and creating. It's the only way I feel, I, I, or not the only way, but my main way to contribute to the world and also receive um, lessons from the world as well. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciate that. Um description and I answer because one thing I've learned in the pandemic for sure is how how urgent it is to honor the main way you practice your purpose and your presence mm -hmm. not because everyone doesn't get the opportunity or space or or permission or courage to practice their main way mm -hmm. but when you have like unlocked that or identified that yeah. Even if you, it's your main way but you have to put more focus to something for a little bit like having that that acknowledgement and honoring that it's the main way yeah it revolutionizes everything you do I agree I agree I have this journal also um it's called your daily rock by Patty D and it has uh different questions every single day like a morning and night reflection and when I first started this journal I redo it every year because my answers change um the one question that always hits me is uh, stop asking people, what do you do? And start asking them, what do you love to do? Because that's when you really find out people's purpose. Not a, a lot of people aren't really doing what they love. Yeah. Um, and people's purpose is always connected to what, what fuels them. Yes. And the things like the purpose, another thing I've learned is your purpose doesn't have to lie in doing the thing you love. But if you're not mm -hmm. in a position or haven't put yourself in one or, or, um, aren't clear on how to be in a position to do what you love, how does that purpose resonate in what you are doing? Does exactly. That purpose is going to be the same. Exactly. Because someone was talking about even something as simple as, um, not as simple, I think this is actually really difficult, but, you know, a garbage man. No one's purpose is to pick up garbage. But if someone, if someone's purpose is to provide a safe environment, to love people, like they, they will put that into their work. Um, yeah. Cause I don't think my purpose is to like act or sing or dance. I don't, I think my purpose is to love and that's what fuels me. That's, and to understand. So that's what I feel like if I can get that out of my art and also put that into the world, then, then I'm living in my purpose. Otherwise the idea of just doing it for affirmation, just it, that well will run dry, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and quickly and stay quickly. dry when it's there. Yes. Sure. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 I definitely feel that. So mm -hmm. in your introduction, we've done your bio, we've done your index card of who you are, what you do. I want to dive into your name because yes. I know a couple of months ago on social media, you shared your journey with sharing and using your full name mm -hmm. um, in public and professionally and everything. And I, I, I know that there are certain discoveries you had to unlock to get to that place and then to find the words to share that mm -hmm. place. I'm curious more so about what discoveries you've unlocked since mm. announcing your relationship with your full name and what it is and why it is what it is and, and how you use your full name now. So my full name is Fumi Okoboyeja. Well, Fumi Sandra Chioma Okoboyeja. And I've always gone by Sandra. My parents told me actually when when they wanted when I was <laughs> when my mom was pregnant, they were thinking, you know, what should we name her? What should we name her? They asked other people for their name recommendations. And a few people in my family actually came up with Sandra, including my mom. So that was the name that was like everyone wanted that. But with me being Nigerian, it also was a sign of respect to have my elder, my grandpa, give me my first name. So he named me Fumi. Fumi was not the choice everybody wanted, but Fumi got it out of respect. Um, and so I've always just been conditioned to Sandra. Even my parents never really called me Fumi, but Fumi was my legal name. So when I go to school and they take attendance, you know, they say Fumi, Fumi, Fumi. Um, of course, you get, you know, the, the idiots that would make fun of you. Like, oh my God, it sounds like fungus. You know, kids are just cruel. So I grew, I, you know, I detested my name for a while because I didn't have a connection to it and because of the way it was ridiculed. Um, 
And lastly, because I thought it meant, you know, God's favorite. That's what I was told. So I was like, okay, yes, God's favorite. But I found out it meant God gives me joy. And I think that really describes me as a human too. So I think that, you know, it's really fitting. But a few months ago, um, there was just, I just felt so liberated to step into myself fully. Um, And I really was like, you know what? I should just go by Fumi. By this point, some of my friends would call me Foom. Some call me Foom Foom. Some call me Fumi. Most call me Sandra, but like my loved ones call me Fumi. And I was like, I think, I think that's, that's the move I want to make just to step into, into myself wholly. Um, But then I decided against that because I thought, why am I doing this? Right, right. And and I thought I think there was a part of myself that was like that wanted to prove how Nigerian I was. I was like, let me prove I'm very Nigerian. Fumi Okbejo is my name for crying out loud. But I don't have any connection to Fumi. I'm I'm not. It's not like my parents called me Fumi, and then I decided to give myself a nickname, and now right. I'm finally addressing. No, Sandra is the name I have that connection to. My parents call me Sandra. Like I've always been been you know called Sandra. I don't have that really. That, that vital connection to Fumi as I do to Sandra right. um, and I was trying to change my name I think for the wrong reasons so I go by Sandra Okoyejo but what's different is I'm not ashamed to say that my name is Fumi yeah anything I love it and I, I think it's kind of like a badge of honor for my closest friends like the people who love me and you know just want to be cute and yeah. give me a nickname you know celebrate the the entirety of Sandra yeah yeah yes. 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 And that's, it's Fumi is a part of me. I, of course, I love that name fully. Um, but yeah, I was just doing it for the wrong reasons. And I'm, I'm really just happy with where I am now. And if people want to call me Fum, I welcome it, you know? <laughs> welcome. You yeah. say, welcome, Hello. Uh This is, we're all going to be there. <laughs> But, um, of course, tapping into your Nigerian roots, as you share with us this, you know, where your family is from, your first generation American? Yeah, okay. actually the first person in my entire family born in America. Really? Yeah, my sister was oh, born in Korea. Mm-hmm. Wow. I know, isn't that crazy? That actually, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so, before COVID changed everything about how we live. Mm-hmm. You were in rehearsals for an Hollywood Dreams. Yes. Off Broadway with MCC, which is conceptualized by Jocelyn Beale, right? Mm-hmm. Of, of schoolgirls mm-hmm. or African Mean Girls play, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. So mm-hmm. the the uh, one of the more recent projects from her masterful mind is uh, Nollywood Dreams. Yeah, and you were rehearsing for that. Actually, very, very, very close to opening, right? Mm-hmm. The next day, we were going to start dress rehearsal. Wow! And start previews that following Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. Previews are not even a week away. So how how have you coped with COVID nineteen halting the momentum of that project? Hmm. You know what? I I will say number one, I'm grateful that I know I have something to go back to because a lot of projects got canceled. A lot of projects, uh, you know, they were told they would continue and then got canceled out of the blue, but MCC has been really dedicated to bringing this on. And for whatever reason, I know a majority of it is also the fact that Jocelyn's just a genius and her art deserves to be up everywhere <laughs> all the time. And it's and it's a comedy. I really think I've, I left Hamilton um, and that was the job I went to after Hamilton. And I didn't realize how much I just needed to tell this story that I loved and resonated with. Um, And so it was definitely upsetting, you know, when the pandemic started, um, because I just love what I do. And I love the people that I do it with. And not to mention financially, I was like, what am I going to (laughs) do? There were so many aspects of just livelihood that that were turned on its head. Um, But I'm happy that I have something humorous to look forward to. And my character in the show wants nothing more than to be a Nollywood actress, but her circumstances um, have her running her parents' travel agency with her sister. So her circumstances and her dreams just don't match up. And what a better way for me to walk into this when everything <laughs> opens back up, you know, cause that, that drive and that eagerness to do what I love and be with who I love, which is another plot twist uh, in the show. Everyone will find that out. Um, yeah. 
it'll, it'll feel a lot more a lot more real to me and, and to the audience. Um, but the halt was it was difficult. It was so difficult because I was so happy. I was so happy and just looking forward to everything. And you know, when you're when you're up there, that fall is even further. So yeah. when everything stopped, I felt like I fell. 3,000 stories. <laughs> it was just... Okay, that's how roller coaster engineers make their money. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Give you that second of you thinking you're not going to make it out and then <laughs> the entire state in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all up and down, all up and down. Um, so yeah, that was that was difficult, but I'm I'm lucky that I'm here with my family. I have a home, my home in New York. I, you know, I have a sublet. Um so things have have found their way. I found solutions to the never ending or seemingly never ending problems that yeah. came on when yeah. when this first started. Wow. Um, yeah, but I'm excited. This is going to be a show that people will need. We'll need this joy when we come back. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, truly, yeah. was so looking forward to attending. But now I still get to attend. Just a different year than I thought. Yeah, a different, <laughs> a different year entirely. Yes, a different year. But it's still set in Hollywood in the 90s. I'm excited because people don't even really know about Nollywood. Yeah. Oh, we've yeah. been saying that so loosely, I think. I mean, that's why oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. describe it. It's like, oh, yeah, Nollywood, Nollywood, Nollywood. Nollywood stands for Nigerian Hollywood. And it's actually the second largest film industry in the world. Um, Hollywood is number three, actually. So it beats Hollywood. And Bollywood is number one. Yeah, I was about to say India has to be first. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Bollywood takes the top spot, but Nollywood takes the top spot in my heart. Um, but Nollywood is just hilarious. I don't even know how to describe it. It's my childhood. Every time I got my hair braided, yeah. when I was hanging out with my my family. Okay, girls, women. I did not know what was going on, but okay. <laughs> The subtitles came in clutch. I, will say okay, I, know, I know enough Spanish to catch on to some French. Right. <laughs> but it's kind of, you know, the heightened drama, like a telenovela, um, very similar to Nollywood. Just ev the stakes could not be higher all the time. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. I'm excited for that laughter and for people to, you know, be immersed into the Nollywood world because it's one that might be jarring at first if you don't know what's going on, but the second you're comfortable in that world and you just allow yourself to be immersed right, into it, right. you won't want to leave. It's right. just so much fun. That's so funny. You said nothing, <laughs> nothing but stakes. Nollywood is in nothing but stakes. <laughs> Physical stakes, emotional stakes, all the stakes to bring it on. <laughs> in the body language everywhere, all the stakes. That's so I love that you, you in, in describing that experience of of you know halting everything for the pandemic mm -hmm. you you said you know this is the the beginning of like never-ending problems which i i was gonna say you're so young but we're not that far apart we're so young <laughs> <laughs> you're very young you're very young and i was like yeah. i hate to break it to you girl but adulthood nothing but problems not it <laughs> remember that song um from Oh God, I forget. Haley Williams, ain't it fun? Oh yes, girl. When I it's say not that, fun. That was in my book. That was in my book. I need to hear you sing it. Give me a 32 book. anytime. <laughs> I, I mean, we met, when we met, you were 21. And yeah. what's crazy is that in rehearsal, I didn't know because you were rehearsing, you were rehearsing like between classes or like before, between classes and another rehearsal or something. So mm -hmm. we're like, oh, everyone who's um, in a show has to go. And I'm like, oh yeah, the people who have to go right now, they go to their Broadway gig. No, Sandra was going to Place <laughs> University. <laughs> I was going to voice lessons. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because I thought she was Sarah. Okay. She's singing the Audra part. Okay. <laughs> But um, that was such a such a blast. Yeah, oh right. I, I that's one thing. That's a project. No matter what happens, no matter what happens in the trajectory mm -hmm. of all that, Ragtime on Ellis Island is such a precious, uh, such a precious thing. Yeah, it's so no matter where where anything happens, when and why, it's just mm -hmm. such a precious thing already. So mm -hmm. yeah, so we met um, when you were twenty one, working on yeah. a workshop of Ragtime on Ellis Island, yeah. and soon after you graduated two months after you graduated you were in chicago with the <laughs> like, right. I know as as a young adult there are mm -hmm. so many growing pains that we experience just by being of this age being mm -hmm. this time being black being a woman being an artist like there's so many yeah, pain in them already but um 
I know your growing pains, of course, are specific to your experience. So as someone who graduated college in New York, grew up in New York, graduated, New York is also another growing pain, but then Mm -hmm. left immediately for such a huge contract and experience to even people who know nothing about theater and Broadway. What growing pains did you experience that were specific to like that transition or just Mm -hmm. that are very specific to you? Oh gosh, so, 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 so many. My entire senior year, I was in callbacks, but they were kind of like spread out. Sometimes yeah. I'd forget, or I think they'd forgot, forgotten about me. Yeah, I was in callbacks that entire year. Even the final, final one I had, I was on the phone after with my friend Katie. Um, she was like, how do you think it went? And I was like, honestly, if they call me back in a year, that'd be cool. I did not think that I booked it at all. Um, but yeah, there were so many uh, growing pains that I experienced. Um, one, I think my growing pain was just um, friendship and proximity and just getting to know people and, and rating with different energies of different age groups. Because I was in college, every we were all the same age. We all were friends because we all were around each other, had the same classes, went to the same parties. And then I was thrust into a community where, you know, we had people who had kids. Um, I was the youngest one there, different life experiences. You don't have to be friends, you're on a contract. Um, Luckily, I was able to make some really great friends, but the spirit that I went into that contract with, I think was just very open. And I think I expected a little, you know, summer camp vibe. Um, And that's not what I got, Um, but I was really happy to have learned that. Um, I think I grew a lot as a human being, um, not really seeking that external validation. I think part of my kindness was some seeking of some approval and some of it most of it was just innate actually just who I am but I I was able to identify and release the parts that were rooted in the seeking of approval um and I was also you know speaking of approval I will say I was very lucky to have gotten Hamilton right out of college because you know after college is so hard you're thinking okay did I make the right decision am I going to especially with the BFA especially with the BFA. I mean, sometimes I was embarrassed to even say it. They're like, what, what's your degree? And I'm like, like, not even studying theater studies. But I got that, I got that validation two months, two months after school, you know, that said, hey, you're on the right track. This is what you should be doing. And I looked at people who I thought were way more talented than me that hadn't received that validation from the world yet. So I was very, very, very lucky to have received that. Um, Granted that also, I know someone who is rising high this year, maybe on complete opposite than the next and vice versa, you know, that's how this industry works. It's not really linear. It's not a meritocracy. You don't like earn your way. Um, Just there's a lot of luck and chance and Hopefully you're prepared when the opportunity comes. Gotta be present when that comes. Yeah, and I also learned a lot about. uh, I had a lot of financial growing pains. Mm. People don't teach you how to save. I opened a corp an incorporation. I was paying off my loans. More money, more problems is real. Um, (laughs) It was just so hard, and especially I was in college. I worked my way through college. I was working at so many different bars till like 3 a.m., coat check, phones, babysitting. The the week I booked Hamilton, I had five different jobs and I lost all of them. All five of them gone. And then Hamilton came and was like, oh my God, whoa, this is a a blessing. Never seen this much amount of money that I earned. Um, And also I, I I didn't grow up in wealth. So it was just really... It was interesting learning how to navigate that without a lot of guidance, Mm -hmm. but I was able to confide in some of the older Hamilton members who had their corporations and had it for a while and taught me. Um, I met one of the most amazing people, Nika Renee Daniels. She, I still consider her to be my mentor and friend. She's my friend more than anything, but she helped me a lot um, in, in so many regards. But yeah, I had a lot of financial growing pains and now I feel like I am way more equipped than I was with yeah. knowledge as to how to handle all of that, especially being incorporated. That just felt like a different, um, <laughs> different beast in itself. Yeah, and it's hard to manage being incorporated when you don't have a steady well of income. I think yeah. incorporate, you know, you kind of bank on the fact that you'll always have something coming in, but when something like a p- pandemic hits and you have no control over that, you know, that's when you rely on savings. And yeah, yeah. So I learned a lot. 
and grown so much so much I think everything I was in a new spot with new people new finances um a new job everything new projects happening at once first uh the first production contract for Hamilton outside of the theater district outside of yeah yeah Everything. And I've never understudied multiple tracks at once. I had to learn okay, every, every Skylar sister. Every Skylar sister. Delta Eliza and Peggy. And Peggy. And also the turntable should be the fourth Skylar sister because honestly and truly. She's a paid actor and she will mess people up. <laughs> you know, when I when I did get a chance to see Hamilton, I was watching everything with the turntable and I was like, the rehearsals for movement alone, not even dance but the rehearsals for movement alone mm -hmm. so that not only no one hurts themselves or everything's timed right but like no matter what happens in theater because it's live no matter what happens when you step off that turntable you're at your mark <laughs> <laughs> one day we had a rehearsal um a contingency rehearsal where we blocked the show in case the turntable ever stopped and then the, the next show the turntable stopped so they were performing my shot and there's a part where everyone pauses and the turntable is supposed to move them slowly around uh hamilton who has a spotlight and the turntable wasn't working <laughs> so they all were like they inched slowly so that it looked like they were rotating at the same time and i'm up there at the scaffolding frozen i'm looking down like <laughs> this can't be. and I feel like you were an on-stage swing is that track an on yeah track? no matter what happens you're on stage whether yeah. you're Angelica Peggy or Eliza you're mm -hmm. also on stage if you're not yeah. wow like part of me was was it was hard to learn the tracks because I didn't have time to study mm -hmm. in my mind um but I made the stage my study I was able to actually see it while I was doing it I just had to make sure not to pay too close attention to a sister that I was forgetting what I'm doing <laughs> as the track that I am doing. Right, right, right. Hamilton was also a little bit of an, well, not a little bit, it definitely was an emotional battle. You you um, have moments of, uh, you know, imposter syndrome. You're like, did they, did they know, did they mean to give this to me? Am I proving them right? Am I proving them wrong? Yeah, um, yeah there are a few things I definitely would have changed just with, with my own process, but the person who I am and the performer that I am, I think I learned a lot about in that. And so yeah. maybe I actually wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Probably not. Or should it, maybe. Shouldn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as as I've been saying this entire episode, not only are you a beautiful performer, even even okay. as you grow and learn things, not only <laughs> a beautiful performer, but you recently have uh, written music and lyrics to one project, but recently Kelowna and Ophelia. Um, when I was a sophomore in college, we had the option of taking this musical theater writing class instead of, I don't, I couldn't even tell you what it was instead of because I checked that off right. so quick. Um, and then the second, the first semester we spent having different projects every assignment. And the second semester, we focused on one project. So I was partnered with my best friend at the time, Hanukkah Greensmith, still one of my best friends, but I'm saying at the time to paint the picture. Um, we were partnered together and we started writing Helena Ophelia. She did books, I did music and lyrics. And as the project has grown, um, we share a lot more of those responsibilities because it really is such a, such a, there's just so much love that we both have poured into the many areas of that, that it doesn't really feel right for one person to fully claim one thing and another person to fully claim another. another. So we're all book, music, lyrics, it's just us. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, we've had music at 54 Below um, for a multitude of projects. We were recently selected to um, do this Apples and Oranges um, accelerator program, which is really cool. Um, yeah, and we had a reading of it at Pace University in 2018 through Pace New Musicals. There were so, so, so many submissions and we were very lucky that we were selected. And yeah, we, we just continued to write it. Um, it's a really beautiful music. It's a musical, it's femme driven. Um, so it's an all female identifying musical and it talks about war and basically, it's, it's, it does revolve around war, but it talks about love and sacrifice and um, just the cost, the cost of victory. The cost of victory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the cost 
of victories. Those, growing, those growing pains. I mean, you were working on this before you, you know, ran away to be fabulous. But like, <laughs> okay, you got there. That's a word. <laughs> the cost of victory. There's a cost to everything. There is, but so, there's some cost that, like, you know, you should be willing to pay. Yeah, um, the outcome. Yeah. I was really um, with that project. Oh, of course, interested in seeing the whole thing and seeing how it grows and what it looks like in full fruition. Yeah. But as you shared with us, the story of how it, it, it transformed from something that you're talking about with your friends to mm-hmm. something you actually do. Because like we were yeah. talking about earlier with purpose and when you get to be, when you have the opportunity and space and, and mindset and courage to be locked into mm-hmm. practicing purpose in your main vein. Mm-hmm. Wow. Come on, she's a rapper main main um there, there's also a courage into acting on it in mm-hmm. a way that you know has not even direct results but has like physical results there, mm-hmm. there's an action there that becomes the change between yeah. conceptualizing and speaking and, and doing yeah uh, what do you and your friends as such young artists even because mm-hmm. you all were, were students at the time and then were able to present yeah. something that your university that you're now alumma facilitated like what do you think sparked you into action to actually do the thing we just wanted to write what we didn't see we really wanted to write what we didn't see we wanted to be a part of having that halted onto stage any of the things that frustrated us as performers we wanted to be a part of the solution um, and Hanukkah and I have so much in common. We both are also first generation. Um, her, her father's an amazing cellist, um, but, um, and she plays the cello as well, you know, but they're common interests and a lot of, I just think pressure to make our, our family feel like they've made the right move because, you know, they do sacrifice a lot. Um, especially being first generation, knowing that your parents, you know, picked up their whole lives and they're like, we're going to give you a better one. So you want to, you know, make, make them feel like they made the right choice. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. The, the two main protagonists of our show um, also are the leaders of their respective lands. And those were titles passed on to them. And so there's a lot of weight from, from that as well. Um, and they also were past lovers. So yeah, but, but it's love gone wrong. Love As gone it often wrong. does. As it often does, yeah. So funny how much communication can clarify. <laughs> but okay, communication is the interruption between feelings and action, you know? That like, is exactly it. It is so if you can't bridge that gap, baby, we don't mm-hmm. my feelings and my actions are compatible with you, you know, right. communicate them. And I think that's how, like when we were talking about what got, you know, started as a conversation and ended up, the more communication you have, more conversations you have, you just feel the need to make it into action. Because at a certain point, you're tired of just talking about it. Yeah, that's what facilitates the manifestation. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Now, I have a little quick fire game. Okay. Before we go full out, because, you know, full out's going to take a little energy and woo. <laughs> So before we go full out, I have a little quick fire game for you. Mm-hmm. Because with the Super Bowl, you mentioned that you spent most of the Super Bowl in the kitchen with your brother. So yes. shout out to him for yes. knowing that food is important no matter your gender. <laughs> no matter mm-hmm. your food is important. Get mm-hmm. it on the table. Um, mm-hmm. But you you love to cook. I, lo- I love how like on your website and in your bios, you're like, I'm a <laughs> chef. Proclaim chef, okay. Chef. Five stars. Okay. <laughs> All five senses into making this meal, right? <laughs> Uh, so just very quickly, just some quick fire questions. As a chef, uh, Chef Fum Fum. Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the website, girl. Write that down. Chef Fum Fum. This episode comes out on Friday, okay? So between now and Friday, I need you I to- I gotta make it a reality. I gotta do it. <laughs> I think Wick's got a deal right now. <laughs> chef Fum Fum. Uh, just very quickly, quick fire. What are five dishes you love to make and you can make quickly? Like you can wake up on a Monday and be like, ooh, I'm gonna make this by the end of the day. Three dishes, actually. Um, some honey glazed salmon. I can make you some Brussels sprouts, balsamic and honey. I can make you um, really great mussels with garlic and lemon. Um, I can make you seafood pasta. I can make a great seafood pasta. Um, And what's another thing that I can make? Oh God. And I can make you a great jollof rice actually. Yes, jollof rice. Yes. before we go into full out no marking we yeah. can take a breath have some water have some wine i don't know whichever side of jesus you want to talk to right now 
He's in both. Our listeners, right? Or both, you know, time. <laughs> Take a quick breath and then go into full out the market. Gorgeous. All right, we are back. And as we've said, we are performers, but we are not therapists. Never. Nope. You might feel therapized might experience some catharsis, but therapists, we are not. Um, it's really funny, actually, for this segment, because Sandra and I spoke earlier today, like when someone was still up, and something she posted on her Instagram story, I was like, wow, I can completely shift everything I was going to do for weird about therapy, so we could talk about this. Mm-hmm. With, with how, um, what's the word I want to use with how focused this can be I think it would be really fair both to you like as as a as an artist as a communicator and to the listeners if we take this opportunity to like merge we're not therapists and full out and you know like give you the space to go full out about this idea because you posted something actually I told you when when you posted it that I went to bed thinking about this Mm -hmm. um your Instagram story post has something to do with you know, your relationship with God or, you know, the divine or the source, whatever relationship you have with that energy mm-hmm. is individualistic. Like that's specific to you and mm-hmm. no one else can tell you what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious as your we're not therapist slash full out, how has your relationship with that unknown or that mm-hmm. energy, that outside thing been specified in the pandemic in this alone time? Yeah, it's been, it's been, I've I've had to rely on it more than, more than ever. Um, I questioned it more than ever. Um, And I I actually don't believe people who believe in things they've yet to question. Um, I don't, that blind faith doesn't really get me. I don't don't believe in people who believe in things they've yet to question. Okay, listen, because that informs how I swipe on hinge. Exactly. (laughs) It does. It does. The answers to the questions, you're like, hmm, I've got to think about this. Am I swapping around this? Um, but yeah, I, it made me question so much. Um, and that's exactly how I got to answers. And I still have so many questions that I know will give me boundless, boundless answers. Um, but as I, as I was saying, you know, your relationship, and specifically, I was talking about God, because especially during the, the Black Lives Matter movement has been happening for forever, but especially during the pandemic the overlapping of the Black Lives Matter movement and the pandemic, we, we have, we've seen what we've always known, the clear divide between white Christianity and Black Christianity. Yes. And, yeah. um, and granted, there are still some Black Christians that, you know, do not use the Bible the right way. They will use it to antagonize and not evangelize and they use it as a weapon. And how dare, <laughs> because we're all humans just making mistakes and learning and loving. And loving is actually what we should be um, honoring most over anything. Um, and when you use you know, the Bible to antagonize, you are literally doing the opposite. Um, but yeah, that divide between white Christianity and black Christianity became more prevalent than ever. And there's such a question around the fact that, um, well, if Christianity wasn't even forced, would, would we be practicing it at all? Um, and I heard another flip of the coin that said, well, if someone came up to you and threw their phone at you, you would hurt, but is it the phone's fault? So but part of me is like, well, there are nuggets in the Bible that are beautiful and useful and speak life, but people have used it to, to harm. Um, and so it's just, it's, so that's where my mind was at. I was so torn because I have seen God for myself and I've had experiences with God that were so clear to me. Um, but the ways in which God was presented were different than the God I came to know. Yeah. And so I had to get quiet with that. And I had to realize like this, I can't base my relationship on God over the person to my left and the person to my right, what they think about it, what they think about my life. Like they didn't create me. They don't know me. They don't know my heart. They don't know my mind. Um, God does. So let me, let me keep that relationship simple because very people, a lot that's what I said. A lot of people are Christian. Very few are Christ like yes. focus on the latter. And that's what I'm trying to do in my life. Yes. I just am like, at the end of the day, let's just get the message of love across you figure out who god is to you we look at shows and we come out of the show with different perspectives we come out of it with different favorite characters different stories we we related to we're not meant to read this text and interpret it the same way so do not push your belief on 
anybody. And the great, and the thing is some people think they're doing it out of love. They're like, well, I've had this experience and I just want to share this experience that I've had, but nothing in life has been, has been um, beneficial through, through, through it being forced. You've never taught, learned something through it being forced. You've yeah. had to experience it yourself. Yeah, the, the, exactly that. Exactly that. That's the word I was looking for. The way you, you're not responsible for the way you experience love. You are responsible for the way you practice it. Yes. Oh, and I, that is the word. <laughs> did you see it? Did you see it hit me? <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> you know, I did play a little softball back in the day. I <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. But you're not responsible for the way you have experienced love. Um, sometimes you do have agency in it because the way you ask for love is, is partially you're doing, but right. you're responsible for the way you practice love. Mm -hmm. uh, but your understanding of it is based in both of those. So if you're not willing to understand more and to understand deeply and to understand personally, that's going to endanger yourself and everyone around you. Right. And, and you can, and that's people say like, you can only meet people as deeply as they've met themselves. Met so them. you need to. Okay. And I'm not trying, I'm trying to come back on this earth as a human. I'm not. <laughs> Bring me back as a dolphin. I've always wanted to be a dolphin. <laughs> I just. Turtle. Turtle. <laughs> Vibing. And they're all. Vibing. But also dogs. Like bring me back as this cute ass animal that doesn't pay bills, but acts like they do it's a level of anxiety that I don't need because like they need company they do some more than others right the turtles need company and they're like I will spend time with myself mm, that's real <laughs> I will spend time with myself Anyway, um, so yes, thank you. That pulled out. That was beautiful. That was oh yeah, I love. I I can talk about that for forever. Um, because I also just love listening to people's perspectives. I've met some of the most Christ-like people and people who don't believe in Jesus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's and I just think that yeah. Um, my full out. Mm -hmm. My full out. Um. It's something that I've, I've seen happen with other people and with myself, especially as an adult. So I'll say, especially in the last 10 years, mm -hmm. um, which also is, is in, not a practice, is a, sort of looking for, it's an attack that I've seen happen uh, that's very passive and I hate it. So here we go. Okay. Weaponizing someone's mental health against them like we said god is love love is god all that stuff hate is a very powerful word i hate that i hate h-a-t-e it i hate it weaponizing someone's mental health and by that i mean taking something that you know some, something someone has entrusted with you to be a journey or a struggle or an exploration or a potential whatever and weaponizing it against them in any moment of conflict or miscommunication or mm -hmm. even crisis like weaponizing it um i think is one of the most vile things someone can do because like when we talk about mental health that's something you don't always see that's a battle that's not always clear you can know someone more intimately than anyone else on this earth but like with your fallout, there's some things that person knows that it's connected to God, the source, the divine, whatever, that you won't ever know until they decide to find the words to tell you. But because of mm -hmm. what they've shared with you and what you decide to weaponize with them in a moment of disconnect, mm -hmm. like that'll hit them in a, you, you, it, it, it's like the audacity, like the audacity to think you are that powerful that you can weaponize this very precious thing against me in this moment. I think it's just vile and disgusting. Yeah it happen with people around me i've seen it happen in in, in, in uh, family dynamics and friendships between strangers i've seen it happen with celebrities and, and, and fans or followings and social media and mm -hmm. yeah, i think it's very vile um also because people like to like like they mishandle and actively decide to misinterpret certain things like you've made a decision to see this interpretation and go this way mm -hmm. okay like you wanted to do something else and um I think that is such a such a violent choice because someone's boundaries if, if there if something is truly a boundary for you on the other end of using someone's uh struggles or or, or taking someone's confidence and using it as a weapon later on the other end your boundaries 
as the person protecting something, your boundaries are not a weapon. Boundaries are walls, boundaries are screens, they're fences, they're, they are stable, they are still, they are fixed. They're not something that you used to throw onto something. Like if you put a fence around your house and someone tries to come to your house, you don't pick up the long fence thing and throw it at them. That's not how that works. That right. means it's not strong, that means it's not situated. So your right. boundaries are not weapons. Mm -hmm. they're they're tools and if there is a gap in them if something can get between them if something can seep in them that's something that needs repair and that's Mm -hmm. personal if you you decide to throw it at someone then that becomes a defense mechanism it's no longer a boundary right um and I have many thoughts about that but I've um I also plan on having a little more to drink tonight, so I don't want to get carried away with. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> I I know I agree wholeheartedly. And even on the topic of boundaries, you know, some people can view boundaries as uh, someone said this: the only people who get offended when you set boundaries are those who benefited from you having none. Yeah. Um, and boundaries are a way to keep people in, not to keep people out. You're yeah. teaching them how to treat you, how to love you, what you need. Um, I even think about parents, you know, when they tell you not to. Like, I'm willing to expand and, yeah. and change and, and, and uh, mold how I need this and whatever. I'm willing to, to consider that what I know might not be truly what's best. Right. But at a certain point, it's a violation. It is, because if someone's telling you what, what, what they require as a human being and you actively go against that. Um, and I just think the idea of, of weaponizing someone, something information, information that people entrusted you with, like that makes me so upset because I'm someone who's still like, I don't pinky promise often, but when I do, I mean it. Like that's one of the most child, childlike things about me, but I, I mean it when I pinky promise, I'm, there are things people have told me I will, that will never see the light of day. will go with me to the grave because I think that's the, the least you, you owe someone as a person. Um, cause people are just. People are just too, too beautiful for you to, are you that weak? You have to weaponize someone's, like that's a moment of weakness that only weak, weak people in moments of weakness will, will weaponize someone's mental health against them. Yeah. Yeah. And people see weakness as one way. Yeah. The state of being. So if it's performed in a different way. No, 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 this is strength because I'm strong in these other... Uh, no, 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 no. Some no, of the strongest people I've ever seen are weak as hell. Because what does physics say? Okay, because I surely didn't take physics because my science teacher tried to sign me up. <laughs> I've done all my science credits. I will be a theater major in college. You can absolutely have <laughs> this class. But <laughs> from that skating movie on Disney Channel is that the weakest point of an object is how strong it is. Mm. that's how strong you are your weakest point mm-hmm. whatever can puncture you in whatever most sensitive place that's how strong you are wow. and all the other shit you've built around it yeah yeah mm. wow wow yeah i just hope and if anyone out there is dealing with you know mental health please get the resources that you need to seek the help that you need um people who are professionally trained to 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 aid in what you what you definitely yeah, need and, and aid you know, holistically too, like the mm-hmm. conversation part, the medical part, the routine part, the appointment part, those aren't, those don't stand alone. Yeah. Being well is yes. well-rounded. Well-rounded and get, get everything in. Sometimes people just need a hug. Shane Koizen also says sometimes a smile is the first aid kit that people have been looking for. And like, sometimes that's really all it is. I am so committed, not committed to, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie until that lie. I am, uh, I have a very, I'm so appreciative of lists. Yeah. Lists and, and prioritize lists. And recently I was making a list about someone I really cared about, and, you know, don't get to spend so much personal intimate time with because it's not a nigga, don't worry. It's not a girl either. Because- <laughs> I was going to ask after. I was like, I'll let you talk. Definitely don't worry. But like, um, it, it's just someone that I, I was used to having a more mm. time with than I've been able to have in the pandemic. Um, and a very like, because another thing I think is often interrupted in relationships is that romance isn't limited to sexual relationships. Romance is in your friendships, romance is in your family dynamics, romance. So some someone whose conversations have always been romantic, no matter the age, no matter the whatever. Yeah. Um, 
what does this person need that I can't, I feel like I can't provide, but I can provide right now. And one of the things was like, this person needs a hug. (laughs) (laughs) There's COVID outside. (laughs) I need hugs too. (laughs) I don't like nobody, like I don't even know hug. You know what? I don't like people touching me. If someone touches my face and I don't swat, I tell them, I said, ooh, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> my first instinct is the No, no. Business ways. <laughs> <laughs> that's really sweet that you made that list. I think that's important to, because, you know, you have to identify how people want to be loved. And sometimes we assume people want to be loved the way we want to be loved, and that's not it. Or the way you've been able to love them in the past. Right, because you get comfortable with that, but no oof so much to learn oh so much to learn and that's why like not to bring it all back but to bring it all back that's why I love art because you never stop the questions never stop the the wisdom never stops coming I feel like there's so much to learn so much to be so much to love um and I hope that you know we continue to make art that expresses that and I hope we continue to be that in our lives because art imitates life but if you're not living you can't you can't make art Okay, and I like living this kind of life. What Kirk's sister said, I'm <laughs> but yes, we love that. Thank you for going full out. Thank you. This has been such a beautiful conversation. And as I said earlier, I can also just throw it out in here. But um, sometimes in conversations, you know, you always want to have the perfect thing to say and feel like you're the most studious. And but um, I really appreciate that you have created such a comfortable platform where people can come as they are and still walk away with something more so thank you thank you thank you for that that potential as well I really I appreciate you saying that yeah no and this I mean potential would be if this wasn't already happening this is this is it, it is happening but is it so this is this is the product this is this is the proof <laughs> I told I told someone today I was like I live like you know actors they're like when you're studying acting they're like daydream daydream actively daydream about your daydream like blah 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 I said no 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 y'all I live in the daydream you have to the present you same I'm an air sign I'm always like above in the ether somewhere else it's the best place to be I don't know what day it is until I flip these cards I don't I noticed that it was like such a cute setup come on February 11th I didn't know what day it was I knew it was February and it was Black History Month. I knew that. I say that again. I'll come closer to the mic. Black History Month. <laughs> also, that was my leather chair. <laughs> what I know for sure. What I know for sure. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you. With us and in, in, in creating Black History with us. Because, okay, yeah. what in the present? And um, before you go, if you could just share with our listeners where to find you how to spell everything on the things you find you <laughs> spell the things on the things on which we can find you and mm-hmm. what you're working on in the present even if it's not something that you want to share with the world like where you at yeah okay my instagram is at sandra okaboyejo s-a-n-d-r-a-o-k-u-b-o-y-e-j-o um <laughs> my website is sandraokaboyejo.com my twitter is private but <laughs> it's something. It's something. Okabayajo96 is something I don't even remember. Um, so yeah, you can find me on those socials. Um, and what am I doing right now? I am auditioning. I have uh, been walking a lot, Girl. drinking a lot of water, reminding myself with this gallon water. When I tell you I will never get lost in Manhattan again because I have walked the entire time. <laughs> you know everywhere you're going. <laughs> but yeah, I've just I've been making it a point to be as healthy as I can in every aspect of my life. I'm not trying to set insane milestones to reach by a certain amount of point. I just want to feel healthy, present. I want to be an available human and an available friend. Um, and of course, I'm writing my musical, so check that out. <laughs> and if anything else happens, you'll see it on my socials. Yes. Would you yeah. also the aesthetics, girl? Thank you. It's the Libra in me. I just, I, I'm, I'm multi-hyphenate. That's what, yeah. I just have so many things I love. I love photography. I love pictures, painting. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes it gets hard because, you know, you need, you need to focus sometimes and focus and hone it all in, but they all um, influence each other. So I, I will, I just love to keep exploring. I love 
love that. Thank you for sharing your things. Thank you. We don't have to access you. Okay. That's the thing you can absolutely. (laughs) Where to find me in your dreams. Um, (laughs) I don't exist. I'm Casper, the friendly ghost. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you so much for joining us. We'll definitely keep especially for that conversation we touched on earlier. Oh, I'd love that. For now, I'm glad you're good. I'm glad you're able to join this. Thank you. You too. I'm happy you're good, sis. Get it. And that's it for You Good Sis podcast this week. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Email us at yougoodsispod at gmail.com. We are now accepting ads to things other than what Anchor has to offer us. It's been great. We want to hear more. So if you have a business, if your friend has a business, especially if it's black owned, send us an email, yougoodsispod at gmail.com. And we'd love to chat with you on how to get that information onto the show. Follow the show on all of the things on twitter on instagram on facebook still working on keeping that updated but you know there's some things there right now definitely on instagram at you good sis pod on all of the things stay safe stay well stay healthy stay good if you're not good we're gonna be good we're working on it enjoy your weekend everybody bye